Well, welcome back into Adam Cheek Sports Week. I am sitting here in the Basketball Development Center with Joe Bamasile. Joe, you guys are coming off of a win over Rhode Island, 21-point win. Take me through that game and just the last couple of weeks, what's been clicking for you guys? Um, we just, you know, have put an emphasis on making sure that we're getting the shot that we want, not letting other teams dictate um, what shots we take. And, you know, we've been taking advantage of the fact that we have so many guys who have um, – an array of different skill sets, which ha- happens to help our team. And, you know, just kind of buying into what's good for us has, you know, been helping us click. Well, Joe, you've been one of the biggest stars on this VCU basketball team all season long. What have been the biggest things you've learned over the last couple months since that first game? Um, probably just, like, basketball's up and down. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But that can't define who you are as an individual. And from a greater perspective, that can't define who you are as a team. Mm-hmm. I think we do a pretty good job of whenever we have a tough game, we always bounce back pretty well. And uh, I'd say the same as an individual. Like, I don't give too much into a good game or a bad game. They're ultimately just games. <laughs> well, I think one of the big things going into this season was, you know, we heard the name Joe Bamasile. You're going to be joining this VCU Hoops team and everything. And obviously you ran into all of the eligibility stuff and the NCAA and then just a whole mess, yeah. which you know better than I do. So, And I know you've probably talked about this a million times, but take me through you know, that process and how you guys eventually got to sort it out. Um, so I basically was told, like, you can't play. And I, it was kind of expected. Like, you know, this is my fourth college in four years. Like, I wasn't um, sitting there crying, thinking, woe is me. I just kind of um, came in every day and uh, tried to be a really good team guy, made sure I competed in practice, um, made sure during games I talked to my teammates, made sure, like, I was just being a good person. And then outside of that, um, as an individual, I just relied on God and continued to pray, read the Bible every day, and make sure that my mind never got too caught up in, you know, the things happening because everything changes, everything is not always the same, and, you know, just made sure I didn't give too much into the moment. And you eventually did play, of course. But I remember I had to drive through Richmond at some point, like in – I think it was the day that, like, it was, like, the second time that the NCAA, like, denied the eligibility yeah. or whatever. And I drove past the Seagull Center, and there was a guy standing behind there with a wood sign that let Joe play. Yeah. So what's that support been like to see from the fan base? Oh, no, it's been really cool. Um, I would say this is probably the most, uh, like, I guess intimate is the word, relationship I've had with fans. Um, I think top to bottom, they just actually cared not that I just played because of basketball, but as a person, you know, due to my specific circumstances, I feel like um, the fans here, like, actually, you know, they kind of know my story, which I think makes it um, easier to, uh, you know, feel appreciated by them. And I kind of talked to you about this like, after the Rhode Island game a little bit. You mentioned the fans, the Seagull Center's atmosphere. It was great the other night, despite the fact that it was pouring rain outside. A lot of people came out. But what is that like to play in uh, this first year? <laughs> it's really cool, like... Um, like I said, when I, growing up, I, uh, I would come to VCU games. Never once imagined in my life I'd be playing for VCU. <laughs> so it's kind of surreal now to, you know, be a little bit older and have the chance to experience a crowd that I used to be a part of. And um, I don't know, I'm just super blessed to be a player here at VCU. Your college journey, like you mentioned, is your fourth college. So Virginia Tech, George Washington, Oklahoma, and now here. What are some of the major differences between the programs that you've noticed? Um, there's also different, um, and I, I would say, like, with them all being different, I've also, like, grown as a person, which makes the total experience of it all different. Um, I would say I'm at a place now where I just appreciate more parts of basketball. I appreciate, 
um, my team more. I appreciate the staff more. I appreciate fans. I appreciate uh, being a college basketball player more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, um, up until this stage in my career and um, as a person probably, I was just so focused on limited things. And I think it's hard for me to completely go back and judge old places because I don't have the right. advantage point I have now. Well, and when you got to VCU, obviously there was so much turnover in the offseason. Mm-hmm. There were four holdovers, maybe five, and Coach Odom was coming in. Can you take me through that process of when it seemed like you might go here for this season and when everything finally came together? Um, so, like, interestingly, I had called Coach Rhodes um, when I got into the portal, and I was like, hey, like, um, I have some family things going on. Like, would there be an opportunity to come to VCU? And he was like, no, we don't have any spots. And then, like, three days later, like, Coach Odom got the job. Right. And we got on the phone, and everyone left. And I was like, I know there's spots now. <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of through getting on the phone, visiting with my family, and, you know, having conversation with a couple of his former players, um, I just knew this was the right fit. And it was the only place I knew I could graduate this year, you know, which mm-hmm. is pretty important to me, so... Well, you've got one more year of eligibility. So, like this first season, obviously there was a lot of, you know, gelling and, you know, working together the team needed to do to kind of become one cohesive unit in the offseason because you have so many new guys coming in. And a few guys left Zeb, kind of the de facto leader after last year, uh, being one of the few holdovers. What's the chemistry been like and how the dynamics changed since the beginning of the season? Uh, so that's a really interesting question. I would say, like... The team is, like, very player-led in the sense that it's not one guy. Uh, I think Coach Odom has done a really good job of making sure that everyone's, like, exhibiting some form of leadership skills. Mm-hmm. And everyone's leadership skills look a little bit different, but all of them are just as important as one another. And I would say, like, in the start of the season, it was, like, mostly on Zeb, um, maybe mostly on Sean because uh, he's one of the older guys and he kind of knows uh, – um, how coach goes about things, but I would say probably at this point, like every guy's voice matters. Um, everyone's um, what they're feeling and what they have to contribute to a game, a practice, or what they see matters. And um, it's really nice to be on a team where you know there's this level of like equality and um, leadership. Are there any guys in particular you want to shout out? Because we've seen so many contributions. Like we saw Fats hit a three the other night. We yeah. saw Michael put in some great minutes. Uh, off the bench especially, like you're coming off the bench every game. What's that dynamic like? Um, I don't know. I, it's basketball. Like, <laughs> I think coming. a lot of people have a lot of uh, egotism when it comes to starting or coming off the bench, but I'm just grateful to play basketball, and I'm, I'm so glad that God gives me the opportunity to do what I do. And I just kind of – whether it's starting or coming off the bench, I just try to play with joy. And, you know, I, I'm just happy to be a part of a team, and that's winning games. How did you and, I guess, the staff kind of settle on that role for you? Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily, like, spoken about. But, like, after I uh, didn't start the season initially, I just felt like it, you know, it made sense. Like, oh, you're not going to start immediately. And then it kind of just – I was playing well in the role, and then – kind of just bought into the role as much as possible, and now we're here. Well, 18 games all at the bench. Uh, you've clocked, I, I did some stat digging, 400 minutes after that Rhode Island game total the, over the course of the season, uh, five 20-plus point gains. One of those was 
literally just a couple days ago against Rhode Island. Uh, your high was 29 against St. Louis in January, and your first game was Temple in mid-December, if I'm not mistaken. So that first game, stepping onto the floor in you know uniform, ready to play, what was that like? Oh, it was surreal. Um, it was probably the, a game I've appreciated more than any other game um, that I've probably played in college. And I would say since then, like, I just have an appreciation for being able to play in games that I, I, I don't think I had before. Um, and, you know, it, basketball feels a little bit different. Maybe it's because I'm a little older. Maybe it's because uh, I have the experiences that I have now. But um, I would say, like, in the very moment, it was just, like, this level of thankfulness and, and joy. And, you know, since then, it's just been this continued level of joy and appreciation to God for what I get to do every day. Well, I hate that I missed it. That was the week that that respiratory thing that went around December knocked me flat for like a <laughs> week. But I was watching it at home, and it was awesome to see you guys out there. It's such a talented roster. Any direction you want to go with this, tell me about working with all these guys. It's amazing. I, I think what's cool about this roster is there's no two guys who do the same thing. Like Everyone has their own kind of skill. Everyone has their own kind of lane. So it's really happy to... You know, I can be happy for someone else because, like, I, I can acknowledge, like, I can't quite do what they bring to the table. Um, and I think this blending of different talents um, and this appreciation for what each of our teammates do, like, is what really, like, blends us and makes us cohesive because there's no sense of, like, jealousy. There's no sense of who did, who did the best tonight. It's genuinely, like, we want to win, and whoever happens to be the guy going, there's this, like, actual, like, happiness for that person. Yeah, and you came in right before conference play started and right, kind of right at the tail end of all those home games to end 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you guys are on the road more, obviously, to start this year. Did you have to approach it any differently? As a person? Yeah. Oh, no. It, or, or in any aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I, kind of, I'm, I do the same thing, like, every day. Um, not much changes from my days. You know, I think the games are, you know... Um, something you, you get up a little bit more for, but in mm -hmm. terms of my day-to-day -day as a person and as a basketball player, that remains the same. Well, if we can go back, like way back, how did you get started in basketball? What ignited your interest? Like in life? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go way back. <laughs> uh, so when I was like, uh, when I was zero, my brothers were already <laughs> playing basketball in the backyard, and I was told that they would lift me up and I'd try to make it, mm -hmm. and whenever I couldn't make a shot, I would cry. Um, and then by the time I was like three or four, um, I would try to play against my like eight and nine year old brothers, and they would fry me. Like I would, <laughs> I would lose every time, and you know I got really competitive because I wanted to beat them, and then um, I couldn't. You know, so in my head I was like, the only way to beat them is to get better, which started my journey of wanting to get better at basketball. And now it's just, you know, it's part of my identity that there has to be this daily pursuit of improving. And you're a Virginia guy. Yeah. So what brought you to Virginia Tech in the first place? Like, um, it's a mix of things. It's in the ACC, close enough from home, but far enough away from home where I felt like I was going to be in college. Mm -hmm. um, coach Young at the time, he, uh, he said some pretty good things, like most head coaches do. And then the assistant coaches, they like envisioned what they thought. And it was a collection of people from different places that – all landed in the same school, which I thought would be really good for myself. And then um, in terms of, like the, like, the calmness and quietness of the Blacksburg area, I really like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the main factor to go in there. Well, I know I, I, it might have been this past weekend or it's this weekend where Tech plays UVA. Mm -hmm. So it's somewhere in this vicinity of the year, right? So 
that brought me to thinking about the rivalry game. U of R, obviously that big game. You guys played them at the Seagull Center three, four weeks ago. Yeah. What was that like for you? And, of course, as we're going into that game tomorrow. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely cool. You can feel, um, I guess, the sense of urgency from people in the city, um, my friends, uh, the staff, you know, people from around here, like players from around here, they know how big of a deal it is. And mm-hmm. I think it's cool to just be a part of something that means something to so many people. And kind of on the heels of that month or so before you debuted against Temple, the month of you know, unknowns if you were going to play this year. Yeah. Is there just that level of gratification getting to hit the court that first time and having played just so well these last couple of months? Um, there, yeah, I'm def- I have tons of, I think you said gratification. I would, I would use the word gratitude. Yeah, that, that's yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of playing well, like, just, just basketball, like, you know, I, I, I never expect to, to play bad or good. I just expect to play and kind of judge it after. And how do you, I guess, personal, because I'm sure every player's different process, how do you kind of evaluate yourself after a game? What's that process like? Do you watch film? Do you just kind of look back? And- yeah, so like initially after the game, I'll look at how I shot from the floor. And if it's poor, then I look more <laughs> into like what kind of attempts did I take? Um, were they tougher ones? Were they easier ones? Like what are things I can do to get better looks? And, you know, it's a game by game thing. Like some games might require me to take and make tougher shots. But for the most part, it's, uh, it's uh, I watch film the next day and, you know, and go from there. And how did you develop your mechanics? Because I talked to you a little bit about this after the Rhode Island game, about your three ball, where I've called it like a laser and a missile. It's, it, it, there's not a ton of arc on it. It's more dead on. How did you develop that and anything else that you've added to your repertoire through the years? Um, so I used to have a set jump shot. And then my sophomore year, I realized um, if I get elevation, I won't see the person in front of me when I shoot. <laughs> so I just do that. And then uh, watching a lot of... Um, like J.J. Redick and um, Ray Allen going up. Those mm-hmm. are two shooters I really liked. I yeah. was like, dang, like, they could get off, like, off pin downs and stuff like that, they can get off shots. So kind of just diving into the fact that I had the ability to get that much lift on my shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge reason why I shoot how I shoot now. Um, I do think there's a little more arc than you're giving me credit for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say it's more about the elevation. The more elevation you get, it's... Um, easier to shoot over contest and also, um, I don't know, um, like more momentum into the shot. Mm-hmm. And mindset-wise, like, it seems like when you get hot, you drain, like, every three. You, you, <laughs> maybe not every three, but, but a lot of the threes you attempt, like, when you get hot especially. So you've talked about this in the pressers and everything, like, you saw one go in, so you shot another, so you shot another. What's that process? Like, it's like you realize, you know, yeah. you're on one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, I would say, like... Um, for the most part, like whether I miss or make a shot, I feel like it's going in, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, when one goes down, I'm like, oh, like <laughs> it's only a matter of time before a bunch go in. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't really, um, I don't really think much about missing and making. Um, I always bring this up. I'm a pretty faith led person. Like if I miss a shot I'm, in my head, I'm like, this is what God wanted. And if I make it, this is what God wanted. And that doesn't change how I feel about myself or the work that I put in. So it just makes me, um, you know, stay confident regardless of the results. And you mentioned Ray and JJ. Are there any other guys you grew up idolizing in the NBA? Oh, my God. I love, 
I love Steph. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> probably my favorite players, because to have a to have this skill set of being able to shoot is something that only comes through reps and work. And uh, I just appreciate people who, you know, had to put in the time to do that. And you know, I, I know how hard it is because I it's a day it's something that's a daily pursuit, and you have to lock into the process of it. So really like those guys, and um, it's. I think it's really cool to see how if you just stay consistent with something, the the heights you can get, you know, with skill like that. Well, I, I got to ask because on Wednesday the big story was Max was player of the game and he uh, he had the BGs playing in the locker room. What's your player of the game song? Um, there's just songs by um, like Hugh Lee. It's called Beautiful. It's this Christian rapper. Um, really good song. The other thing that I talked to you about is. You had this tradition, it seemed like. It seemed like it was only after wins for whatever reason, or maybe noticeable at least, where you'd come into the locker room, no shoes, just be the sock feet sticking out front of the tablecloth. Yeah. You told me you don't like shoes. What's the story behind that? <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think uh, as often as possible, I'll try to slip my shoes off. Like, I, don't, I, I think there's something, like, we weren't created with shoes on our feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we were created, like, bare feet. And I don't know, it's... We constantly have shoes on, so whenever I get the chance to take them off, they're not on. Like, before the game, I'll get my shots up, go back in the locker room and take my shoes off. And as soon as the game's over, I do that. Um, when, as soon as I get in my house, they're off. Like, yeah. they're off as often as possible. Well, if the NCAA allowed it, would you play in just socks? Oh, I, I might break my foot. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. But if they allowed it, would that be ideal for you? If they allowed it and everyone else decided to do it too, 100%. But if it was just me, I might get stepped on and I wouldn't be comfortable. Well, as we go into these last couple games of the regular season, Richmond, Duquesne, obviously Dayton too, yeah. and get closer to the tournament, y'all aren't done yet. You keep winning, and that double buy is still on the table. So, And obviously that's probably not at the forefront of y'all's minds right now, winning game, uh, just focusing on game at a time. But this team feels like it has so much confidence right now, and it's grown so much over the year. What can you tell me about the The confidence? Yeah, and, um, and just how you guys have meshed as a team. I think the confidence just comes from, like, we've, we've had games where we play horrible and we still win. Um, we've had games where we play really good and we win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the confidence comes from the fact that, like, yes, we have to prepare for every single team. We have to lock into the scout. We have to be prepared. But there's also this sense that, like, that team over there has to prepare for us, too. They have to be ready to guard Max. They have to be ready to guard Sean. They have to be ready to guard Zeb. They have to be ready for Janelle. They have to be ready for Toby. They have to be ready for Firm, like, Kwani. We have three or four guys who have gotten over 20 points this season. We have three or four guys who have gotten 15 or more. Mm-hmm. So this eight, nine dudes you have to account for, and it's like... I think we have this level of confidence where, like, yes, you have to, yes, we have to prepare for you, but you also have to beat us. And, you know, and then that being said, we've also seen how good we are when we lock in on defense. And, you know, even if things aren't clicking on offense, when we know when we're locked in on defense and the other team has to be concerned about how to stop our guys, like, we're a really tough matchup. And is there anything throughout the course of the season? Are there a couple moments that stand out to you? Um... Let's see, beating George Mason, like, I think that was the first time we really came together and, like, hey, we just got to be connected, like, whatever has to happen to win. I don't think anyone scored more than, like, 11, um, but it was just a team win. Um, same with Davidson. Um, there's a game we had to fight for, or we won, and then 
I think probably the like best example of that is Dayton. It was like what fifty one forty nine. Like yeah. nobody's necessarily like on fire, but we just found a way to win, and it didn't matter if you had two or eleven. It was just like <laughs> our team won, which yeah. I think is uh, you don't have a lot of teams that just care about winning, which is all that matters to us. And I'll close with this. What's Coach Odom's leadership style like for you guys? How does he guide y'all? Oh, he's amazing. He's very, um, he's a, I think he's a player's coach where, like, he is just trying to get the best out of um, every individual. Um, and he he's, has this, such a sense of confidence in himself, and he's very um, self-assured of who he is that it's kind of reassuring his players, like, if he can be consistent, if he can be who he is and still push us and still get the best out of us, like, not only can I do that for myself, but I can do that for him. I can do that for the team. And, you know, I can continue to believe in who, who I am and believe in who we are collectively. Joe, it's been awesome seeing you play this year. Uh, can't wait to see you guys out on the floor against Duquesne next week. Uh, and best of luck against Richmond the rest of the way, man. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, bro. <laughs> You gotta redo the, uh, the the dap hug thing that we did yeah, <laughs> against Rhode that. Island, where I completely yeah. messed it up. <laughs> thanks, Joe. I appreciate of it, dude. Of course, thank you, bro. Well, and again, a huge, huge thanks to Joe Bamasiel for taking some time out of his day, and a big thanks to Chris Kowalczyk and Evan Nicely for helping set it up, sitting in with us. Can't wait for the rest of the season and the home finale against Duquesne on Tuesday. Another note: I'll be sitting down with Beth O'Boyle soon, of course, the head coach of the women's basketball team, who have been just on fire this year, and they have the Support Her game this Saturday afternoon at the Seagull Center. Obviously, this is being published on a Saturday, so if you don't have plans this afternoon, get out to the Seagull Center. They're trying to break the attendance record, and it's, it's just going to be so cool. I can't wait to be out there. I'll be doing a coverage doubleheader because I'll be there for that, and then I'll be bolting over to the Robin Center for the rivalry game at Richmond, so my March 2nd is going to be a very busy one. Uh, home finale against Duquesne on Tuesday again, of course, for the men's team, uh, and then it's on to the A-10 tournament, and hopefully the NCAA tournament. Can't wait to watch this team on those stages as well as the women's team too because they'll be playing at the Henrico Sports and Event Center over here uh, just a few minutes actually from my house uh, so I'm hoping to be out there for that if time allows the women's team has just been so great to watch this year uh, as well other stuff coming up I'm going to do an Oscars preview next week as a big movie fan we got to divert from sports a little bit to talk about the Oscars uh, I sat down with Ryan Capacci to talk about his leadership of the Peppas for his two stints at VCU and that was so awesome. I think that dude might have the greatest voice on the planet. He never seems to lose any energy during a game. It's awesome to watch them go to work. And also, Vicki Wells and I will sit down soon to chat about her 25 years at the helm of the Gold Rush Dance Team. Uh, and we're going to do a whole bunch of more VCU-related stuff and other things. Trey Wilson and Blaine McCormick from the Rich and Flying Squirrels will be on closer to their season start, uh, kind of preview how you can have fun and go nuts with this minor league baseball season. Tons of awesome stuff coming soon, so let's go VCU, and I'll see you guys next week.